Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the Amplifier podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplifier podcast is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. I am so thrilled to be back with another interview on this show. Last week, I took Friday off. Usually there are solo episodes on Fridays. But I took that off because it was my birthday on Saturday and I took the whole day off to have a romantic date with myself. So um, I am, it was wonderful, first of all. I am so happy I did that. I went and got a massage. I went to Marshall's and bought like one thing for myself and then like five other things for kids in my life. Um... And then came home and I actually cleaned and it was just like lovely to not feel pressure of deadlines or being online, being available, all of those things. Um, It was it was really nice. And then the next day on my birthday, it was so exhausting. (laughs) It was great, but just exhausting and lovely and wonderful and special, just all the things. And I'm just so excited to be sitting here and yeah just recording this and being mindful um around this show and and this space that I love so deeply so thank you for listening first of all I'm just so grateful that you're here um second of all if you are interested um if it's Wednesday August 23rd there is a networking group at 1 p.m. that I'm hosting the Amplify Her Networking Group, and I would love to have you. I'll leave the information in the show notes if you're interested in joining. Um, And if you can't make August 23rd's meeting, there is a meeting on September 6th. So please feel free to join. Um, Again, would absolutely love to have you. And I want to jump in to this week's episode and this week's guest. Um, I was so fortunate to chat with Jyotsna Ramachandran. um, And Jyotsna is the founder of Happy Happy Self-Publishing. And the thing about Jyotsna that I found so inspiring and so lovely during our conversation is how naturally this career came to her, how naturally publishing and self-publishing came to her, and how open she is to the process of learning, having more people around her, growing a team in a beautiful way, and supporting people and finding resources to support people. So um, like I mentioned, Jotsna is the founder of Happy Self-Publishing, and she has helped over 500 authors publish their books. And it just seemed at the end of this interview, I was like, wow, this just truly aligns. You know, I am obsessed with telling people stories. And so is she. And so I'm really excited for you to hear how she got started, um, what exactly it takes to self-publish, um, or work with someone to publish and, uh, yeah, what, what magic and amazing energy goes into finding something you're good at and continuing to just follow the, the bricks and the path, even though you don't know where it's, it's going. It's 
such a wonderful conversation and I feel so lucky that I got to spend so much time with her. Um, enjoy. Let's dive right in to this wonderful interview with Jotsna. Jotsna, welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here sitting with me today and really excited to talk about you and your story and who you are. Welcome. Thank you so much, Christina. It's my pleasure to be on your show. So you and I connected through a past guest, Madeline Reeves, and she is just lovely. And you saw my my show and reached out to me. And I was so excited because you are in the world of publishing. And I haven't been able to chat with anyone in the world of publishing on my show yet. Um, but I know you're an author and a speaker and a coach. And so I'm curious, first of all, can you describe what you do? And then how We'll talk about how you got there. Sure. Uh, I run a company called Happy Self Publishing, which is basically an agency that helps busy entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, basically any expert who is busy to convert their expertise into a published best-selling book. So we help people convert their expertise into a book, even if they're not great at writing themselves. Beautiful. And so how did you start this journey? Because... I think when people hear uh, about folks writing a book, sometimes that seems common, sometimes that seems so far-fetched, like a dream, you know, how did you yourself decide to go into this world? Well, it actually started with my book, Christina. About eight years ago, I wrote a book called Job Escape Plan, which was basically this simple guide. I think it's just about 120 pages, and it talks about how I managed to quit my job and what a lot of other people who are not happy in their jobs can do uh, by starting a side hustle, growing it, and then quitting their full-time job. And I also interviewed some great online entrepreneurs in the book. And the best part was the book became much more successful than what I expected because all these people that I interviewed in the book promoted it and it went on to become a bestseller on several charts. And as a result of the visibility I got through that book, a lot of authors or rather aspiring authors started reaching out to me asking if I can help them publish their book. They would ask me questions like, how did you find uh, your editor? What are some of the things I need to do to make sure my cover looks good? So when people started reaching out to me, I realized that there are so many people out there who are in the process of writing their book, but they do not know what to do after that. They do not know how to go ahead with a publisher and they want to self-publish, but they do not have the resources to do that. That's when I had this aha moment. I was actually on an interview like this when the interviewer asked me if I could help her publish her book. And I, after the show, I reconnected with her and I told her, hey, hey you know what? I, ha- I know a lot of good cover designers. I know some editors. I know some interior designers. So would you mind if I can quickly put this together as a team and offer you our services? And she was really happy uh, to accept it. And that kind of wow. gave me the idea to create Happy Self Publishing. So it's been seven and a half years. We've worked with more than 500 authors. And it's been a very amazing experience since then. Wow. More than 500 authors. That's incredible. And what I love, love, love about this. And I want to get, I want to take a step back after this, this tangent, but I love that this came, seemed to come naturally. Like it was just like a natural progression of people asking you. And instead of like 
ignoring it or maybe just kind of like saying, oh, I'm a resource now. You're like, wait a minute, I'm going to pay attention to this. Wait a minute, I can help other people and create something out of this. And I love that was during an interview that you had that that moment. So was there any hesitancy in you during that process where you when you first started or did it feel really natural every step of the way? Yeah, this is such a great question, Christina. Actually, at the time around um, when I was actually publishing my book and all this happened, another big shift had happened in my life. I had become a mom. So my first daughter was born then. And I was happy with the way things were going. But my business back then was into staff recruitment. That was the first business I had ever started. I quit the job that I hated and I started a staff recruitment agency. It was doing well for two years. And that's when my daughter was born. And around that time, I was finding it so tough to go out and do this uh, business, meet clients, uh, run around for all these recruitment interviews and also be uh, you know, a good mom. So I was constantly looking at opportunities where I could be at home and still earn a decent amount of money while taking care of my daughter. So since I was constantly looking at opportunities, when this came my way, it felt right. I just grabbed it and I felt this could be that opportunity where I can still be an entrepreneur because I didn't want to lose that identity and go back to work in some time. I didn't want to just stay at home uh, only being a mom as well. And I felt that running a publishing agency could be the best thing because I had the experiences. I didn't have uh, like 10 years of publishing experience. I didn't come from a literary background, but I did have real life experience of publishing my book. So I felt that could be of help to somebody. And when more than a few, a couple of people asked me, I thought that this is like some divine signal that I'm getting and I should just go ahead because it was at the right season of my life. Right. I think that's so gorgeous. And it's also like, Women are just incredible because I love how you were like, uh, you know, it seems a little easier to run a publishing agency. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, wait, that seems monumental to me. <laughs> like, Just saying that seems like wildly incredible. And I just love that because it was natural, it felt right. It didn't maybe seem as monumental in the moment. It was just like, oh, I have this experience. I'm going to naturally help others. and what I love about that, and I've heard this time and time again, when I've interviewed people, um, is that when that happens, everything just like kind of naturally flows when you're staying in that right, when you're staying in the goodness of it feeling Mm. right. I'm curious, did that happen with you? Because I mean, 500 authors later, it seems pretty right. Did that, was that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Initially, obviously, it was not easy because I was just a solopreneur. I had to go look for these team members. Uh, But over over a period of time, a lot of these contract employees whom I would just hire on a project basis started working with me again and again on multiple projects. And some of them asked if they could be on my payroll and I could engage with them continuously. So then I have this, then I created this small team of regular employees who are my core team, and then this extended set of people who I just work on project basis. So I have like a mix of uh, employees as well as uh, these part-time contract employees. So as this team started growing, it started feeling real. Till then, it was just like a, you know, new hustle that I was trying to figure out. 
But as the team started growing, as the number of authors we started working started to increase, it really started feeling real. And I started becoming more and more responsible towards this whole thing. Till then, it was just something that I wanted to try. If it works, great. If not, I can figure out something else. That was my mindset. But once I started seeing results, once other people's books started getting published, once they started hitting the bestseller charts, once they started getting speaking opportunities through the book, they were able to grow their business through the book and they came back and told me, then it started feeling real that, wow, we are making some kind of an impact and this definitely feels right. So that's how it started growing step by step. That's incredible. Do you remember the first book other than that inner, was that interview or the first book that you had helped come to life? Or was there another book that really stands out for you? I think the next book that has really changed my life was my husband's book. It's called uh, The The Marriage Mantra. I published it, I think, within six months of publishing my book, because uh, he was also in in a stage where he was in a full-time job but he's also a a relationship healer a therapist and he wanted to do that full-time and after publishing my book I would remind him every single day that my book is about quitting a job that you are not happy about so you should be like uh, taking some inspiration from my book and you're like hello I wrote the guide (laughs) for you (laughs) Exactly. So by the time my book was getting published, he actually got the confidence that he could also uh, quit his job. He used to work at a coffee shop. That's where we met like several years ago, almost 20 years ago now. So he worked there for several years. He was quite happy in his job. He was not unhappy, but he had a bigger gift to share with the world. And that was his energy healing technique through which he helped people with their relationships. So he was doing that Um, not formally, but just for his friends and family. But once he decided to quit his job, he decided to start his coaching practice formally. And a few months after that, he said that, you know what, a lot of my clients are asking me for a book. And now that you have a publishing company, why don't you help me? And the the reason why that book changed my life, Christina, is because up until then, I used to feel that I could only help those authors who came to me with a written manuscript. You know, the people who are natural writers who want to publish a book. But my husband is dyslexic, so he could never sit down and write a book on his own. So he asked me if I could somehow help him get this done. And that's when we created this process of angel writing, where I just interviewed him chapter by chapter and recorded those interviews just like how we are recording this call and later I went back listened to the conversation and I wrote it on his behalf so I was his angel writer and he was the author so once that book got published I felt that this is going to be the USP of my company where I'm not just going to be helping the gifted writers because there are so many places and people to help writers but there are very few places who can help uh, non-writers like people who are not gifted with writing but they have so many other uh, skills and stories to share. So that's what right now we have started focusing at Happy Self Publishing, where we help our clients with coaching as well as angel writing to help them convert their idea into a book. That's so beautiful because it's really sh- like I love that you went into this with it feeling right and natural, but also all of these things are just starting to uncover naturally and then you're taking action on it. Have you o- always been an action-oriented person or did you kind of shy away from taking action until this in, built mo- a lot of momentum? Like, what has that looked like in you? 
Yeah, a lot of people, when they see my journey from the outside, like they look at my website, they look at my Instagram and the TED Talk, they feel that I am this driven and motivated and action-oriented person. Yes, I am, partly, but not all the time. Uh, so when I am inspired by something, I definitely get into that action mode. I tell my team that let's create this plan. Let's chart out the action steps and we get into that zone. There are also times where I feel like just you know, taking a break, going on holidays, relaxing. So I think my, uh, I can see a lot of um, variation in the way I work. There are times where I really uh, fully focus at work and, you know, achieve the major things. But there are also times where I want to do so many other things other than just work. So yeah, I am an action taker yeah. when, when I feel that I need to be an action taker. But otherwise, I do a lot of other things as well, other than just, yeah. you know, being like a hardcore businesswoman. Well, I think that's really important for people to hear as well. It's like you were fed often the, you know, girl boss recipe, the hustle culture recipe. And it's like, actually, many of us might not want that or need that and would like some more balance in our lives. And I think it's really beautiful to hear you say you're building this company, you've worked with over 500 authors, you're trying to really go for it. And you need to like, have downtime and take vacations and like yeah. have balance as well. I think that's like, I mean, that's the definition I would say of thriving in a business <laughs> for me personally. I'm yeah. curious, you know, when you did have a a team member join um, and things started to become, as you said, more real. Um, how did you adapt to hiring someone? Uh, did you have that experience before? And, you know, mm. how did, how did you adapt to managing a team? Because I feel like there are a lot of people who are solopreneurs go into this and have a bit of a hard time with losing some of the control of mm. pieces of their business. How did you adapt to that? Well, I think it's just a learning process. I didn't come with this superpower of managing a team. What I was good at was recruitment because that is that was my previous experience of running a recruitment agency. Yeah, that so I was makes always sense. good at <laughs> yeah, interviewing people. If you actually notice, you know, whatever we've done in life actually has some purpose. It helps us in the future. You know, if you actually go back and look at what all you've done, it does, the, you know, you can join the dots. So that recruitment experience did help. But recruiting is just the first step. But retaining the team members, making sure they are motivated, making sure that they are productive, that's a completely different ball game altogether. So one thing that I understood early on is that I'm good at certain things. I'm not good at so many other things. So I never had this, um, you know, uh, superhero syndrome where I need to be doing everything because I know that if I do, I will not be able to enjoy them. And also there are so many other people who can do it better than me. Like I am good at, you know, like saying which cover is better if you show me five different covers, but I cannot sit and design each of them because there are experts who can do a way better job than me. So that's why I really understood that I needed to have these team members because I cannot be doing everything. And I definitely don't come from an editorial background or a design background. So that kind of really helped in getting clear that I can only do some certain things and I cannot do a lot of other things. And then one by one, once I started hiring team members, I realized that coordination and making sure because these are all projects right when an author comes to us they work with us for three to six months and at the end of that time 
their book has to be published. So coordination with the team is the most important thing when it comes to our kind of business. So uh, I have a couple of people who are project managers and they are really good at the task of coordinating with all the other team members. Uh, and to make sure that everything is in, one, is in one place, we really make use of technology. So we use Slack for internal team communication. And also in the last couple of years, especially during the lockdown, the, the pandemic time, I realized that uh, communication is key. So, and face-to-face -face communication because you can't meet people in person. Uh, so before it was all just the emails and Slack, but during the uh, COVID period, we started doing more meetings. So now what we do is every Monday, we have an operations meeting where we discuss the ongoing publishing projects. Then every Wednesday, we have a team training which is amazing because people get the sense that they are learning something every week. And it's a fun time where every week we we keep doing something or the other new, you know, so it's not, not just about publishing and marketing. We also discuss skincare and gut health and everything else. So that's another fun way of engaging the team and giving them the sense that they're learning something. Um, so every Tuesdays is my social media meeting and the marketing uh, team meeting. So every Friday is the most important because we do one-on-one -on -one team meetings because a lot of times people cannot share certain things in a group, but they'll be able to share it one-on-one. -on -one. So these are yeah. just like one hour time blocks every day, but they are super important in managing the team. And I think that has helped me in the long run. Oh, I love that so much. And it's just wonderful to hear how another business operates and to hear how someone is managing their team. How many people are on your team right now? Right now, we are about 20 of us. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. Um, it is so incredible that you naturally had somebody ask you about this. You followed the thread, you know, the the, the breadcrumbs, if you will, and mm -hmm. yeah. started to pick up momentum. I would love to talk about challenging moments for you and moments that you struggle with in your business. Have there been... Has there been like a big moment for you that felt super overwhelming or fearful? I mean, I think stepping into starting your own business can just be that in general and, and doing something different. But is there anything that pops out for you that was that's been really challenging in this process? Um, that, that definitely are several small and big uh, challenges. Uh I would say that, can I talk about a couple of them, maybe? Of course, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, so one time is, uh, you know, we had a client who initially seemed to be a fantastic client, uh, but later they started, you know, blaming us for everything because at that point of time, we did not have a publishing contract in place. So uh, we didn't have clarity as to how many rounds of, revisions we would do or how many options we would show so after completing a process for two months they would say that this doesn't look good I need a refund on this you know that doesn't look good so I need a different editor for that so because still up till up until then I only worked with amazing clients so for the very first time when I had a client it's not that they were bad or something it's just that they were not the right fit for us they did not value the uh the they, they couldn't see the value that we were bringing in. So that's why they were uh, constantly asking for all kinds of, you know, 
crazy requests. And uh, then I felt that there was no point because it was an energy drain for my team to keep working with this person. So I had to end the contract and I gave them a full refund. And I said, thank you so much for this learning. And we won't be able to complete your project. And then we went back and discussed what went wrong. Then we realized that we did not set the right expectations because we assumed that people would understand that this is the scope of the project, but many people do not do that. Uh, this was uh, you know, a few years ago. And then we started putting in place publishing contracts, which are super important. So I feel that every business needs to have a contract and it doesn't have to be very technical. It doesn't have to have these legal jargons. If they can be in simple English that you and the client can understand, listing out all the services, listing out the process, listing out the financial uh, terms, uh, that would really make a, a huge difference because right at the beginning, you explain the contract to the client, they sign and you sign and you can put it aside and then you can focus on the project. So I think that was one big learning I had because uh, fighting with clients is such an energy drain and I don't yeah. think anyone should be doing that. It's it's just, if the team can just focus on adding value, that's what the business is for. So I think that one scenario was a huge learning. Uh, the other scenario was that um, a couple of years ago, I also started assisting my husband's business because he wanted to, uh, he basically does one-on-one -on -one, uh, counseling with his clients, uh, but he also started doing programs like uh, seminars and retreats and all of that. So I started focusing on that without figuring out uh, what will Happy Self Publishing do if I'm not there. So that kind of became a huge challenge because I was not equipped to run two businesses simultaneously. Uh, so I did that for a year and then I had a conversation with my husband and I said that, give me a couple of years, let me uh, have leadership level people at my publishing team before I can uh, step back and do other things with his company. Because, uh, you know, if I'm not doing something, there should be somebody else doing it, right? So I figured out that that was a, a gap in my business and I had to fix that before trying to be a serial entrepreneur running multiple businesses. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love that you shared those. I think they're very relatable. And I think, you know, having conflict in the workplace is going to come up, but it's so great that you addressed it as a learning lesson. And then also understanding your limits as a business owner and, mm -hmm. you know, what that means for, for you. I, I would love to shift a little bit and go into the work that you do. So when mm -hmm. someone comes to you saying, I'd like to publish a book, what do you do? Like, how does that start? What is the process yeah for for publishing it seems very um overwhelming to take a step back and look at it which is the problem you're solving but what does this process look like this episode is sponsored by the joy conference fall is around the corner and the season is calling for reflection introspection and planning the end of your year on a fulfilled and joyful note I want to let you know that I know the perfect place for you to do exactly that, the Joy Conference. My dear friend Stephanie Verschow is a spiritual coach and she founded the Joy Conference about four years ago and I look forward to this event every single year. The Joy Conference is a two-day virtual event. You get to immerse yourself in a supportive community of ambitious and spiritual leaders 
who are committed to integrating spirituality and emotional intelligence into their lives. So what does that mean? Well, there are five featured keynote speakers throughout the weekend. They're focused on human design, gene keys, communication, and so much more. These speakers and their workshops are filled with resources, tools, and techniques to support you in your own journey of personal and spiritual growth. It is seriously so phenomenal every single year. And your ticket to the Joy Conference includes amazing perks like a Joy Kit mailed directly to you with crystals, Palo Santo, and a Joy Bracelet from Little Words Project to remind you to always follow your joy. This virtual conference is happening on September 9th and September 10th this year. When you use your code AMPLIFYHER, again, the code AMPLIFYHER, one word, you get 25% off your ticket. So join Stephanie and all of these amazing speakers, get access to such a lovely community and carve out time for you, your goals, and gain confidence in your intuitive abilities and fulfillment in your professional spiritual journey. Once again, use the code AmplifyHer to get 25% off of your ticket. Head to stephanievershow.com to purchase your tickets now. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you there. Yeah, great question. First, we try to figure out what is their author archetype? Because every author is unique. Uh, just like, you know, how our education system, the traditional one, believe that every child is the same and they would teach the same lessons, conduct the same exams and make the child feel that they're not good enough. We don't want to do the same mistake with our clients. We believe that no two authors are the same and therefore their needs and requirements are different. So firstly, we try to figure out which of these four author archetypes they fall under. So if they are a, a creator, then creation comes naturally to them. You know, they'll go ahead and uh, uh, create the book on their own. They don't need the support of um, a coach or anybody. They would, they are self-motivated. They love writing. They would write the book and then come to us. So then our team would only help them with the publishing process. I'll talk about the publishing process in a bit. But there are also people who are, uh, we call them uh, curators. So curators are people who just like a museum curator, they don't have to be an artist or a designer. They just have to have the ideas to put uh, to put things together. So curator is someone who doesn't necessarily enjoy writing the book on their own, either because they are too busy or uh, they don't have the skill of writing, but they have the message in them. They have the urge to share their, their uh, expertise with the world. So for such people, uh, we give them our uh, angel writer who would interview them and write the book on their behalf. So it takes about three months. Every week they get on calls. So it takes about 12 weeks to actually complete the book writing. And then the publishing process starts. Uh, and then we have um, collaborators. Uh, collaborators are those people who uh, they need some like to collaborate with other people to write a book because probably they're just in the initial process of uh, their own uh, journey and they feel they don't have enough content to write an entire book. So they're not there yet to write a book, but they are happy to just share a part of their story. So maybe they can just collaborate with 
let's say 10 other authors and contribute one chapter towards a book. We've done quite a few collaboration books in the last couple of years. So when we find people who can just write one chapter, we try to add, uh, collaborate them with other people who are in the similar space and they can come together and publish one book. So that's an option, especially for first time authors who are not ready to write a full book. And then the fourth category of people uh, need a coach because these people enjoy writing the book, but they get stuck every now and then, either because of writer's block or because of the lack of discipline. And they feel that if they work with a coach who can get on calls with them every week, see what they've written, guide them with the book's outline, um, give them feedback to write the next chapter, if they can do that, uh, then they can make progress and finish the book. So based on what is their archetype, we decide what program would suit them. So for the last category of people, we just assign them our author success coach who would get on weekly calls to help them with the writing. But once the manuscript is written, I, in my opinion, that's the hardest part. But once the book is written, then the publishing team takes over irrespective of what their archetype is. And the publishing team will take care of the three essentials. I mean, you can do so many things to professionally publish your book, but the three things that are uh, like super important are the cover design, the editing and the formatting. So a lot of people compromise on this. They ask their cousin to edit. They uh, hire, uh, they use Canva to design their own cover. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that if you if the book is just your hobby project, but if it's something serious that you're going to use to elevate your personal brand or grow your business, then you cannot take these things lightly. So cover design, editing, formatting are the three things. Uh, once your book looks amazing and the cover is ready, the interior design is done, uh, and we do four rounds of editing, copy content editing, copy editing, and two rounds of proofreading. So once all this is done, then uh, the actual publishing happens. So the platform that most authors would prefer is Amazon because of its global reach and the ease of publishing and uh, its head has a great dashboard, very transparent and all of that. So that's what most first-time authors would prefer. So we usually publish it on Amazon. And three months after the book is published, once all the promotions are over, then we put it on other platforms as well. So in Amazon, we prefer to have the book in multiple formats, the paperback or the hardcover. Now you have both the options in Amazon through print on demand. Then you have the ebook, which is the digital format and the also the audio book. So when you can have your book in multiple formats, please go ahead and do that because by doing that, you instantly reach out to a completely uh, different set of audience because there are some people who will only listen to audiobooks. They would not read your book. So why miss out on that? So have your book in multiple formats. And finally, we run the promotions. This is the last leg of the race, where after the book is available on Amazon, we run promotions to make sure the book hits the bestseller charts in at least one relevant category. This helps in improving the author's credibility and also increases the book's visibility. And uh, also we book our guests on, we book our clients on other people's podcasts as guests. That's also like going on a book tour, but a virtual book tour where they get a chance to speak to other people's audience and also promote the book. So these are some of the things we do for the promotions. So it starts with the writing and then the publishing and finally the marketing. I thank you so much for detailing that. It's fascinating and really so amazing that you've, you've done this number one yourself and then you realized oh this is a process and I really want to help others do this through people just naturally asking you 
how much are your services? Is there a range of pricing? What does that look like for people who are coming to you? Yeah, so our publishing services start at uh, $3,299. It includes the cover design, editing, formatting, and publishing the book on Amazon. So it starts at three to nine nine. Our angel writing goes up to ten thousand dollars. That makes a lot of sense. And have you? Um, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about this, no problem. You can let me know. I'm very transparent with my audience about career growth and numbers. When you first started, what was your revenue looking like when you first started your business? You know what? When we first started, we did not have these packages and you know detailed uh, publishing programs. We started with cover design at $99. So we would uh, initially uh, have like five cover design clients and three formatting clients in a month. So we would probably do two or $3,000 in a month. That's how we started. Uh, but back then I did not have so many overheads. I didn't subscribe to so many software yeah. and masterminds <laughs> and coaching and uh, all of this. So obviously my costs were also less. So it was still profitable for me. And I live in India. So the cost of living is uh, much lesser than the United States. So it was still a viable business option for me back then. And then yeah. month on month, year on year, it started growing. Uh, so now, even if we have a few clients signing up, so initially we were just, we wanted to sell like 30 covers a month. We were only looking at the volume, but now we look at um, the quality over the quantity. So we don't take that many clients a month, but we work with a few clients who are really serious about growing their business and we handhold them through handhold them through the whole process over a period of a few months. So the yeah. business model and the pricing and the whole strategy has evolved over the years. Of course. And what does your revenue look like for your business now? Uh, right now, it's between um, $200,000 to $300,000 a year. Beautiful. I mean, that's incredible. You went from $99 packages, a couple thousand a month to having a multi six-figure business. And that's wonderful and absolutely phenomenal. And I'm curious, you know, when you started integrating, um, I talk really openly about this because I think it's really important for women to talk openly about money um, because we're yes. very shied away from it and mm. um, men are encouraged to. And I think it's really important absolutely. to have these transparent conversations. When you started integrating more and raising your prices, were you nervous or were you like, hey, I'm providing value. This is my worth. I'm stepping into this because I think there's a lot of messaging we're fed that, you know, we don't deserve to make as much money or the gender roles aren't going to be equivalent in our home. And, mm. you know, there's there's a lot of tornadoes yeah. of mis-messaging swirling around us all the time. Absolutely. How did you feel when you started raising your prices? So we do this every year now. But initially, it is really tough. And that's, I think, some. it's got nothing to do with our clients or the services, but more to do with our own self-worth. Uh, and I used to feel a little bad, in fact, to tell people that now our prices have gone up. But after uh, working with a lot of coaches on, uh, on my own um, you know, self-development, that is when I realized that if I want to improve the quality of services, I will obviously... Uh, you know, hire better quality people, train my own team members, invest in my own development. And 
as a result our books keep in, uh, getting better every year in fact now when i look at the books we published back in 2016 i don't feel proud at all <laughs> because we have come such a long <laughs> way so when things are improving obviously uh, when clients are getting better results uh, it would be an injustice to uh, everyone if i just charge uh, the old kind of um, uh, fee so i had to really work on myself to get the courage to increase our uh, pricing and we do that now consistently everywhere that's incredible and i'd love to you i'd love to talk to you about like equity with your team and like cuz now you're looking at supporting a lot more people how has that evolved like what what does that look like for your team as far as you know making sure that they feel supported yeah so you know without my knowledge uh it was not done intentionally but the all the people in my core team are women i didn't do this uh like like a conscious decision of only having women but it just so happened and most of them are uh stay at home moms so i think the biggest advantage they get when they work with me is the flexibility of time so i don't have rules that they need to log in at this time ex- except for the meeting hours which is like uh 30 to 60 minutes a day the rest of the time is completely flexible they get to choose um you know the t- their working hours and um also uh, the other thing that we are really serious about is their development and growth so when it comes to buying online courses books whatever they want to develop themselves uh, you know i'm there to uh, support them with that but going yeah. forward now that my core team is growing i want to start doing annual retreats where we all meet in person because that never happens i and just a couple of others are in india there are people living in the philippines there are people in europe and um, the states and everywhere so we never get to meet so maybe from next year we will start meeting in person so that they you know just to strengthen that bond of, yeah. of being in the team uh, but yeah. yeah these are some of the um, things that i've been doing um, any uh, did i answer your question Yeah, definitely. I think it's, you know, I was going to ask you where is your team located because I know you had mentioned you're in India. Where in India are you? I live in a city called Chennai in the south of India. Okay, amazing. Um my family is from Punjab and um I kind of guessed it from your last name. last name. Yeah. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever visited um, India? No, I have not. My dad was born there and emigrated to uh-huh. the states um before I was born and my brother just went for like 3 months and he was he had the best time so i can't wait to go <laughs> um but i was going to ask you you know where is your team across the world and it's so yeah it's really so exciting that you do have a team that you know is comprised of of women and your supporting working moms and that you are trying to create an equitable system for everyone on your team and have development and I'm curious, you know, what is your future looking like for this company? Like what what do you want to see? You've worked with so many authors. You've obviously this has developed and grown in scale. You're working with a lot of women and elevating their stories. You know, I think it's phenomenal. What do you want to see in the future? Uh for my clients, I I think I shouldn't just uh, stop with the book. That's what we have been doing all these years. Our journey with them ends after they publish their book and it becomes a bestseller. 
but the, I feel the book is just one part of a bigger ecosystem. Most clients we work with are experts in something or the other. So they definitely uh, need to have an online course. If not now, maybe later. They definitely need to have a, a coaching program. Um, uh, you know, so many other things tied to the book, um, like a solid online presence, a website and their social media a blog or a podcast or something else that they want to start to continuously share value because it doesn't stop with the book so I want to have um, a team of either we do it in-house if I if I'm able to build the bandwidth or I would like to have power partners whom I can refer my clients to like this is the person you need to go for your uh, personal brand photo shoot and this is the person you go to for your website you know these kind of things this would be the person who would convert your book into an online course that person would help you craft your TED talk. So that is what I envision for my clients because uh, the book can open so many opportunities and I should be able to guide them uh, through that also is what I feel. I love that so much. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. And it's almost this beautiful reflection of how you first started with that interview and saying, oh, I have the person for this, the person for this, grabbing this, this, this. It seems like you're very um, good at building community. Has community always been a part of your existed? Like, ha has that been important to you? Has that come naturally to you? Like, how how does community play a part in your life? Oh, uh, well, for different things in my life, I have different communities to go to. So I have a community of dancers. I love dancing. Uh, not, I'm not a professional dancer, but then I dance five days a week. It just makes me happy. So I, uh, I'm very active in the dancing community in Chennai. And I try to attend workshops. I go for regular classes uh, and learn new uh, styles of dancing all the time. So that really helps me. And I'm also active in the mom's community. Before having kid children, I was happy being a loner. I just would focus on my work. I was an introvert. But after having kids, because they are so natural at building connections, they made me come out of my shell and actually interact with people. So I'm very active in the you know mom's community. We uh, discuss a lot of those kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, so I, and the online author community is also something that is really powerful. I, could, I can do so much more. Maybe after talking to you, this could be an inspiration for me to uh, expand my online uh, author community as well. Because right now we have so many clients, but we have not brought them together as one community. And there is huge potential in doing that because I can only offer them so much knowledge and you know so, much, so many ideas. But when they connect with uh, one another, so many more things can happen. So yeah, yeah thank you for planting that seed. <laughs> Today. Oh my gosh, an honor. I love that. Um, I think that's so phenomenal. And I also think, you know, from from our time together, which has flown by, um, I I've noticed that, you know, you certainly are a very powerful person. You um certainly have taken so much action in bringing people together. And I'm curious, like have you been able to kind of take a moment and just like embrace how powerful you are like and and see your strength and and like really see what you've built or is that hard to do for you in the the moment how does that feel for you this is such an important uh 
thing that you brought up because how much ever we achieve uh there is always this uh you know critique inside us which says that oh this is nothing you know you should be doing a lot more uh and i used to keep going into that zone every now and then and feel that i have done nothing uh, but uh my husband has really been helpful in telling me that hey you know what what you've done what you've built is amazing so he's one person who always reminds me of what i've done and uh, sometimes when i just go to amazon and look at all the books we've published that kind of reminds me that you know wow yes it's not something very yeah. small because all the time it's good to look at people who are ahead of us and get, draw the inspiration but it's also important to pause and look at the steps we we walked to reach where we are so uh, my husband girish always tells me be happy and hungry so it's important to be happy at the present moment yeah. and hungry for growth in the future so that's one thing that i need to be reminded of because i keep slipping into the zone of i'm not good enough you know how much right. you do yeah. i think all we as women have this yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that crap people right. tell us yeah and yeah. it's i think it's also super you know it it's it's I feel this push and pull of like, yeah, I believe this already. Like I already know, and I have this in me and I am capable, I'm doing this. And then that other voice that's saying, well, what if everyone hates it? What if this is wrong? What if this, what if, you know? And I think like what you said about all of those small steps turning into a bigger picture is something I just wholeheartedly believe, embrace. I talk about taking messy action on this show all the time. And I think it's what you're saying is so important because it's it's not just like having that in you, but also having like people around you cheering you on and and mm. showing you that mirror, you know, and saying yeah. like, hey, this is what I see. Don't forget that. And absolutely. Yeah. I think like honestly, if I'm through this conversation, it takes it takes some power and belief in yourself to write a book. And to say, hey, I'm going to tell this story, no matter what it is, Mm. I'm going to put pen to paper and do this. That's a really powerful thing. And you did that before even embracing and and cheering other people on in their power. And so I think that's just so wonderful to to see and, and to hear that you now have all these other people helping you. You like that moment when you said, I want to, I scroll through Amazon sometimes and I look at all these books that we've published. And it's like, that is just so gorgeous. It made me feel emotional when you were talking Mm -hmm. about that. And what a beautiful legacy to show your children as well. Um, You know, as we're Uh, talking about children, I think they are, I think, the best therapists in the world. Because yeah. uh, when you, when I feel down, you know, for example, this month was not as great as last month. I would start doubting myself. and uh, But my kids, they love me irrespective of how everything else is going on in life. And that makes me feel so powerful that, wow, these two kids, you know, they feel, they still think that I'm a superhero. So I need to be one uh, and be a great example for them. So that really, really motivates me. Yeah, I think that's, so so gorgeous and I think um you know when I had my son I just 
I, I felt like I stepped through this door where there was all this information. No one ever told me <laughs> and all this stuff, like no one ever <laughs> shared. And I was like, wait, how did we know all this? And no one ever said this to me. And I'm curious, you know, moving forward at this, as we're wrapping up, like, I guess my last question is what do your, what do you, you know, you seem to be passionate about storytelling and about people sharing who they are. What mm. do you hope, you know, you can take through this journey when it comes to sharing a story and using your voice and, and having that be like the hallmark of your work? What do you hope to take with yeah. you and like continue to, to carry on? Uh, you're asking what an author would be uh, doing? No, what is what is something you would like to continue to to share with future clients or or maybe just have like be the hallmark of of this company? Is it sharing your yeah, voice? The, oh, is it your overarching message kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that I would continue telling all the people I meet is that definitely they have everyone has a book inside them because uh how many years or how many ever years you've spent in the planet, life would have definitely taught us some lessons. We would have uh, had some wins, but we may think it's too small, too negligible. Who is going to uh, benefit from this message? But there are definitely people out there who are a few steps behind you who are going to benefit from that message. So I think it is our moral responsibility to uh, put out our message. And there are several platforms to do that today. Uh, you could put it on social media you could do it through your blog or wherever but a book is something else because it's going to last for a very very long time even after you're gone unlike a lot of other platforms so therefore if you're able to capture it in the form of a book then that's that could be the legacy that you're leaving behind that's one thing I would say the other thing that I want to tell people is you don't need to be a gifted writer to become an author there are so many methods available today to get your book written. So don't get caught up with this idea that you need to become a bigger expert or get a become a better writer in order to write your book. Uh, everything is figure outable. You know, there are different paths depending on your skills that you can use to write a book. So yeah, yeah. that's something I would definitely tell everyone I meet. <laughs> yeah, so gorgeous. Um, Jotsna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And for spending time talking about your story and your work and your journey. I'm just so grateful for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christina. Uh, when you, when we initially started talking, I was wondering, uh, do I have enough content to share with you? But your questions were so amazing that I just completely love this conversation and I just don't know how time flew. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you. That means the world to me. Um, I can't wait for, for everyone listening to go flock to you and, and really like better understand your work and maybe, maybe tell their own stories. And I always end my show with, um, never forget your story matters and your voice matters. So that's a perfect ending. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah. And, and if you're listening, never forget your story matters and your voice matters. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Amplify Her podcast. Bye everyone. I 
am so grateful that you've listened to this episode of the Amplify Her podcast. If you're listening to this and you don't follow the show, one thing that would help the show tremendously is if you open that Apple app, if you're listening to it on Apple, click on the title of the show and on the top right hand corner, click that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Not only does it help me to grow this show, but it helps you to be in the loop when episodes drop every Wednesday and every Friday. If you're listening to this show on Spotify, click on the show title of this episode to take you to the full listing of them and click follow. That way you won't miss a new episode as it comes out. For more information about the Amplify Her podcast, Amplify Her media, and the Amplify Her networking group, head to www.amplifyhermedia.com.